take notes. Uh, not only can you remember them, but we pray that our messages uh, stick with you for a lifetime. So hopefully, uh, maybe even five years from now, uh, you guys can reflect and say, hey, you know what? I took some notes on something that Pastor Vaughn spoke about, um, and you guys can be able to reflect on those. Uh, today, we're on a part two of a four-part series called Small Things, Big Difference. Everyone say small things. Everyone say a big difference. Small things, big difference. The entire series is based on the premise that it's the small things in life that make the biggest difference. In fact, the big idea, if you can take anything away from this four-part series, is this little blip. If you can hang on to this, you can tuck this in your back pocket, uh, you will pass the test if you were to have one. Uh, the, The big idea of this message series is this. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Let me read that one more time. First blank in your notes. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Meaning this, everyone wants the results, right? Right? We wouldn't argue if we could just get result, results. If it, if we, sometimes we're, we're wondering like where the results at, we wouldn't argue if the results were just here kind of just in, in a snap. We like people that likes fast results, but very few know what it takes to get the results. For an example, a person that's wanting to lose weight, they see a before and after picture. I mean, you guys see the before and after pictures, uh, losing weights, right? Who's here got the hip-hop abs at their home? Don't lie. Some of you guys got the hip-hop abs, all right? So, but we got that. We saw the before and after pictures, and they see the results, and, it was, and it's amazing, And so that's what they want, and they see what they want, and they can do, they think they can do the things to get the results like that. But how many of you guys know anything about health if you're trying to lose weight? You can't lose weight in three easy steps, right? It's not the three biggest steps that you can do in your life, and you're just going to lose weight and get results just like that. It's the small things that you have to be faithful to to help you lose weight. Wait, last week I talked about the goals, and a lot of us have goals for the new year, but uh, one guy that I talked with, his goal was to read a book a month, and for some of us that seems like a lot. I don't know how many here are book readers, or who's not a, who's not a book reader, and, um, but I think that's because we think that's such a tremendous task, is because we think we have to sit down in a multiple hour long setting and finish the book from cover to cover, Right? But that's not the case. You know how, did you know it's very easy to read a book in a month? Now, I'm not talking like a picture book. I'm not talking about like, you know, a 30-page little booklet. I am talking like, you know, three to 500 pages of paper with words on it that you have to read from cover to cover. It can be done through doing the small things and being faithful. For an example, if you take 30 minutes in your evening, even 15 minutes, I would say, in the evening and read pages every day of the week for the next 30 days, you can finish that book. It's that easy. Vaughn, I don't know if I can do that. It sounds like, trust me, we spend more time going through Facebook or watching how to make some tasty recipe that we found online. We spend more time doing that. But if you take that time that instead of spending it on the screen, you can accomplish a lot in this life. We can. But it's through the small things that make the biggest difference. One of my goals is, a personal goal, is to actually become a a better speaker and incorporate some new things in a a sermon. But then I glean and I take some studies from how to do this. And these great pastors that I I consider to be one of the greatest preachers in our time, I look at them and I look at what they do. And they say, you know, I spend about 10 hours plus into studying and outlining every week. And I'm like, 
holy cow, like, don't you have to run a church as well? Like, how, how do you do that? And, I, and it looks so big because I see the big results that they get. But they said, you know what, if you just take an hour of your day, because this is what I do for a job, if you take an hour of your day and just commit it to your work and your study, you can get these big results. And this is the thing, church, this is the thing. It's the small things, if you're faithful with them, that will give you the big results. It's the, but it's only through the small things. We can't neglect the small things. And it's, it's this principle that it takes the small things to get the big difference. It works in every area of your life. Church, if you want a great marriage, you work on the small things. If, if you want to raise God-honoring kids, it starts with the small things. In fact, someone asked me, uh, my kids, they're, you know, they're all in the age of four, got three kids, and they're stinking cute like when they pray. And, but parents are like, like, how do you get your kids to do that? Just, just to naturally pray, uh, to do that. And I'm like, it, it's not like we sit down and I give them a three-hour theological study on the aspect of prayer and they understand it. That doesn't make any sense. But what they do see is mom and dad holding hands, just praying over lunch. Or before we go on a trip, we pray to Jesus to grant us a safe journey. It's through the small things that really only take no more than 15 minutes a day that will result in the big difference that you're looking for. And so last week, we talked about the small thing, the small challenge that we can do. We asked for God for one word, one word for this new year of 2019. And for some of us, that does seem kind of small, but we talked about how one word is actually very powerful. And if you focus on that one word, you can actually accomplish a lot. And so uh, we, we talked about the one word, my one word for myself and for the direction of this church was the word shift from 2 Corinthians 4. Um, and a lot of us took that challenge, and I really pray the Holy Spirit spoke to you as you sought your one word and your verse. In fact, I encourage you, church, as we go through this series, that you would be intentional in filing these away. Because I can go back almost three years and see every word for the new year that God gave me. And when you are able to do that, you can reflect and say, oh, I see how God brought that word into fruition. I can see how God made that word alive in my life. In fact, our phrase, it was more of a phrase last year, was to cast your nets, to go out and take some risks as a church. And we did that, and it resulted in some big things. But I think we can get so caught up saying, oh, we did that. That was by my own power, by my own might. But if you journal those things away, you can reflect and say, oh, yeah, God spoke of that before it even happened. So journal that stuff away. So last week was about one word. Today, we're talking about our thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. Again, something that seems so small, but has a massive impact in our life. In fact, our thoughts are so powerful that we believe, or we should as Christians, our thoughts impact our destiny. Our thoughts, the way we think, the words that we think in our mind impact our destiny. In fact, a commentary says this. It says, sow a thought, you reap an action. If you sow an action, you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you reap your character. If you sow your character, you get to your destiny. But here's the thing. That goes with good thoughts and bad thoughts. Good thoughts and bad thoughts. Meaning this, church, whatever you think consistently will eventually develop into words, and your words will develop into action, and whatever you act on impacts your destiny. 
And so even though our thoughts are small and no one can see them, no one can hear them, your thoughts are very important. Your thoughts are so important. Why? Because it's the smallest thing that adds up to the biggest difference, and your actions will follow your words. Your actions will follow your words. This isn't some self-help teaching this morning, church. In fact, a Bible verse says in Proverbs 23, 7, simply says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. Scripture tells us plain as day that whatever you think in your heart, that is what you will eventually become. Whatever you think in your heart that's going to start developing fruit and it's going to impact your character and it's going to change you to who God wants you to be or not want you to be. But the choice is yours. So you have to ask yourself, what are your thoughts today? What were your thoughts this morning as you came to church service? Before we get going, you'll see in the middle of your message guide notes, there's a thought audit. Go ahead and take a look at this. You'll, everyone needs to participate, so I don't want to see you necessarily looking at me yet. I know I've got a beautiful face, but we'll focus on here a little bit. You don't have to laugh at that. That was, that was, that was my good thought. You ruined it. But I want you to take a thought audit this morning. I want you to know where your thoughts are. On there, you'll see three different categories. We'll walk through them together. Uh, I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to audit your thoughts just where your thoughts naturally go. The first one is on the spectrum of worried and peaceful. Are your thoughts more on the worried side? Or are your thoughts this morning more on the peaceful Side. I mean, do you find yourself worried all the time? Worried about your kids? Worried about your job? Worried about your next paycheck or a money situation? Or do you find your thoughts more peaceful? Like you're just super secure where God is right now in your life. Like your boss says, hey, you're not going to get a paycheck this week. You know, like, huh, God's my provider. I'm good. Right? That's like super on the 10 side. But if you're like, oh, no, we're all going to die. Oh, that's you're on the one side. Where are you at on that spectrum? The second one is on the spectrum of negative and positive. Are your thoughts more naturally negative or are they naturally more positive? Some of us have the spiritual gift of negativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. That's not a spiritual gift. But it just seems like your thoughts are just naturally negative. Like, like you could come into church and the first thing you notice is all the things that went wrong before you see the good things that God is doing. Or maybe it's just at your workplace or even with your spouse or your kids. Like, it's almost like you're just naturally critical where your thoughts are. But maybe they're on the positive side, that you see good things on something before you even see the negative. Instead of being critical, you see when something is really good and it's at work. Are your thoughts more on the negative side or positive side? And the last one is on the spectrum of worldly and eternal. Are your thoughts more worldly this morning or eternal like, if you have worldly thoughts, your thoughts are consumed with things of this world. It's kind of simple. Do I have the right car? Do I, do, do I make enough money? Do I have enough likes on Facebook or Instagram? Am I getting attention that I think I need from my friends? Or, or it's, it's all kind of about me, 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 me. Or your thoughts more internal, like, do you wake up and ask God, God, how can you use me today? 
Or like when you go out to Walmart, and it's, it's kind of funny, but I've preached on this before, but you go out to Walmart just on your natural grocery run. Have you just asked God, hey God, I'm going to Walmart to do some grocery shopping. Uh, okay, today is more like I'm going to the pickup thing. You know, I'm going to go to the pickup. But God, as that one person comes out and brings me my groceries, can you speak some words in me that I can give to them? It's kind of a different mind thought, isn't it? Like, it's not going through your life all mundane-like. It's almost as if you're going through your life on purpose. And that is the difference. So go ahead and circle one. If you circled any on the thought audit besides all tens, this message is for you, so don't tune out. If you circled all tens this morning, you're a liar, and this message is also for you. And you're in a really, really good place. But what I want us to do over the next few moments is that uh, now that we know that where our thoughts can naturally go. You know where your thoughts are. You know if they're negative, if they're positive, if they're worldly or eternal, or, or, or if they're more worried or peaceful. And what I want to do over the next few moments is I just want to go over a few important, they're practical, but important concepts on to take a grasp of our thoughts. Once again, the Bible says something about changing the way we think and why it's important. Paul wrote a book called the Book of Romans. Uh, it's in the New Testament. And this is what he says in chapter 12 too. It's in Message Guys Notes. It says this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? What's that word? Renewing of your mind. Let's stop right there. Paul's saying, don't copy the behavior of this world. Like, don't go out there and seek the world's advice on how you're supposed to behave. But instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does renewing of your mind mean? What does that mean? It means let God change you by changing the way you think. Say it one more time. Let God change you by changing the way you think. Why? Because the way you think is the way is who you will become. The way you think is who you will become. And Paul continues. He goes on and says, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, you will become, church, what you think. And that's so important. There's so many people, it goes two ways. You got people who think too much of themselves, and so they're arrogant and they're prideful. But there's also another spectrum where people think too little of themselves and they're depressed and they're wrestling with these dark thoughts. What you consistently think is who you will become. So how do we change the way we think? There are a couple portions of scripture that tell us, once again, to change the way we think. And it's not done in big ways, because remember, it's the small things that make the big difference. But it's through the small, faithful tasks. Now, I promise you, if you do these small things, I promise you, because it's scripture, and scripture is true, it will result in a big difference in your life. If you do, just do these two things, your whole thought pattern will change for the best. So how do you change the way you think? Number one is this, capture destructive thoughts. Capture destructive thoughts. What are destructive thoughts? These thoughts are like the worried thoughts. They're the negative thoughts. It, it's the worldly thoughts. Why? Why are these destructive? Because they do absolutely no good for you or the kingdom of God. If you're consistently worried in your thoughts, if you're consistently negative in your thoughts, if you're consistently worldly in your thoughts, it does no good for you or anyone around you 
or for the kingdom of God. No good whatsoever. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5, it says this, says, for, the, for though we walk in flesh, we're not waging war according to flesh. It means that even though we're walking, we're here in this world, we don't wage things against this world because there's a much higher thing. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they're actually from divine power to destroy strongholds. That strongholds is an interesting Hebrew word that I'm not going to try to say because it's, it's, I think it's akamora. It's, 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 it's weird, but I may mispronounce it, but that's what it is. But what it means, the word strongholds, is like someone, think of a big, like an old-timey castle with a huge dungeon deep, deep in the ground, and someone's just locked in there. That's what it means by strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. For the weapons of warfare are not of flesh, but are actually divine power to destroy strongholds. What are the strongholds in this life? I think we naturally think of the, like the big things like addiction, maybe pride. But actually, Paul says something right here. He says, it's actually something worse than that. It's our thoughts. How do we know that? Because we destroy arguments with every lofty opinion, that's a thought, raised against the knowledge of God, and take every, again, what's that word? Thought, captive to obey Christ. He's saying, though, even though we live in this world, when we come against something, it's not of this world, but it's actually supernatural. Now, that's kind of a weird word because we think supernatural. We think of ghost hunters and those things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that there is a spiritual warfare that we don't know about that affects our thoughts. In fact, there are two thoughts that can fill your mind this morning. In fact, there's three, but there's two that we're going to focus on. There's the thought that Jesus wants to put in your mind. There's this thought that the enemy wants to put in your mind. And then one pastor says, then there's your own thoughts. But then that's called stupidity because it's just, we don't want to rely on yourselves. So you can either think Jesus or you can think the devil. Which one are you going to think? And one of the ways we can break this stronghold is by destroying the arguments and every false opinion that's against God. And we're going to take every thought captive to obey Christ. And it's interesting about this because Satan has a nickname. I think most of us know it. It's called the father of what? Lies. Satan wants to lie to you all the time. In fact, there's nothing that good, that's good that comes out of Satan's mouth. He does everything he can to convince of something that's not true. He'll try to twist what you think. He'll make you assume things. He'll make you form ill-equipped opinions. Or he'll only give you the partial truth and say you can make up the rest of the truth and, 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 and not the entire thing. And there's so many other things that he can, but it's nothing but a pile of lies. That's all it is. And what this does, if you allow him to creep into your mind, and allowed to make those assumptions and ill-equipped opinions and all those different things, it begins to form destructive thoughts. 
I read that one of the most destructive thought patterns is the pattern of worry, someone that's consistently worried all the time. I actually read it in a, in a, a medical journal, and it says, the reason why this is so destructive is because when someone worries all the time, it actually holds them back in life. They, uh, if they have a promotion opportunity, they're too worried that the interview might go wrong, and so they actually won't go through the interview process. They'll just say, ah, I'll just skip it this time. And they miss out on a huge opportunity. And so many people live a life of worried thoughts and let their worry hold them back from their full potential. And the article says something interesting. It says these people who chronically have worried thoughts, only 3% of their worries even come true. Only 3% even comes to pass which means 97% of your worried thoughts are lies. It's not going to happen. I think this morning, that is the thing that we struggle with the most. We worry all the time. You watch a news media outlet, their job is to get you worried. There's nothing good that comes out of them. They'll do one little good snippet here and there, but most time it's all about, you need to be worried about this, you need to be worried about that. It's the end of the world as we know it. You need to get your life in order. The stock market's crashing. We're in another war. Da, 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 da. Are you worried? Are you freaking out? And all it is is the enemy just playing tricks to get you worried. Why? Because when you're worried, you're not focusing on the good things that God wants you to do. You're focusing on the things that you need to hold back on. And more times than not, you read scripture, God wants you to, to take a step forward, not a step back. Every time. You think about Joshua and the spies that go into the promised land. What was, what was their reports? Only one person actually had a good report. The rest of the spies, they had nothing but reports of worry. And what happened? They missed out. Church, don't miss out on the thing that God has for you. Capture those destructive thoughts. The enemy has convinced so many people to trust their worried thoughts, and it's had them held back from the amazing things that God has for them. And if that is some of us this morning, I want to let you know, take those thoughts into captivity. But then what do you do with them? I love this. It's almost like a prisoner of war. You submit them to the proper authority. You know, I got a job interview today. I don't know if the job interview will go well. You know what? Maybe this job interview is actually an open door from God. Right? I mean, just think about the, the, the world that way. Because more times than not, an issue that makes us worried is actually an opportunity from God. You should be writing that one down. I, I, I forgot what I said. I don't know what I said. The more things, the situations that we are worried about today are actually an opportunity from God. That's what they are. So when you go and you leave this morning and you go back into the real world, because we're all good in here, right? Everything's good. You know, we love Jesus and all that stuff. But when you go out there and you face real life and the worries come at you full front, look for the opportunity. See what God, what is he trying to do? We capture those destructive thoughts and then we make them obedient to Christ. 
It sounds simple, right? It's like, okay, filter my thoughts. But it's the small things that result in the big difference. So we capture destructive thoughts. Number two, Phyllis, if you want to come up, fix your thoughts on spiritual things. Fix your thoughts on spiritual things. Craig Rochelle, a pastor of Lifeway Church, he said it this way. He says, what you seek for is what you'll find. What you seek for is what you're going to find. He actually gave me a really cool example that I want to show you to put this in perspective. Uh, how many of you guys have driven around North Platte? And you kind of see like a big group of large black birds kind of just circling around in some trees, right? You know what they are? They're buzzards, vultures. That's what they are. Do you know what vultures seek for all day? Dead things. All day. That's their number one goal. I wake up this morning. Oh, how is there a dead rodent somewhere? I'm just going to fly. Oh, I see something to die. I'm going to circle around all day. But then there's another type of bird that comes by during the right season. And there's this little tiny bird called the hummingbird. Do you know what they seek all day? Nectar. They wake up in the morning. How can I find nectar? Let me kind of put this into what this is going to today. You can either wake up and you can search for the dead things in this life. Or you can wake up and look for the sweet things of God. What you seek for is what you'll find. So if you wake up with the thoughts of worry and negative and worldly, do you know what you're going to eventually find? You're going to find those worries. You're going to find that negativity. And you're going to find those worldly thoughts. You're going to say, aha, see, I was right. But that's because you woke up looking for those things. You've missed out the entire day of what God was trying to show you. But if you wake up and say, God, I'm looking for you today. Even in the littlest things, Lord, I'm going to find you at Walmart. I'm going to go to my job, and God, I'm going to see Jesus all around me. I'm going to go in my marriage, and the marriage is going to be a reflection of Jesus. When I want to get tempted and I want to yell at my kids, I'm going to find the opportunity of Jesus in those things. Because what you seek for, church, is what you'll eventually find. But you have to make the decision of what you're looking for. So what are you going to look for in this life? I pray you that you don't wake up and we're like the vulture and just look around and just look for the dead things. Because you'll find those. It's all around us. But if you wake up and you look for the sweet things of God, you'll find them you'll find them. Church, we can either be like the vulture and just seek those things, or we can be like the hummingbird, but it's your decision. This is why it's important. Philippians tells us to fix our thoughts on good things of Christ. I love this, that you should keep this close to your heart. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, I love that one because I think Christians, we forget the aspect of how to praise through our day. Think about these things. Think about these things. Do you see the word bitterness in there? Do you see the word negativity in there? Do you see, hey, you need to watch your media outlet. You need to see through your Facebook and get worried and consumed, but you don't see those. But he makes a huge, huge point. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen me, practice these things. Which tells me this, church, everyone needs to listen to this. This does not happen naturally. 
to wake up in the morning and to seek the good things of Christ is not natural for us. So we have to tell ourselves, and we wake up and automatically turn on the negative switch. We say, no, we're going to turn that switch off, and I'm going to see the things that Jesus has for me today. You have to make those choices. And so we capture the lies, and then we fix our thoughts on the good things. What are the good God things? It's the whatever is true, not just assumptions or your opinions. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable and just, not something that isn't noble. Whatever is commendable or excellent, and again, my favorite one, whatever is worthy of praise. Did you know we will always have something to praise about? You will always have something to rejoice about. No matter what situation, it can be the worst of the worst situations, and there will be an opportunity to lift a praise to Jesus. But you have to look for them. You have to look for them. And the only way you will see that is when you shift, there's that word again, the way you think. You change your thoughts from worried, negative, worldly to thoughts that are peaceful, positive, and eternal. And I'm preaching myself too because I struggle with these things as well. But here's the challenge for you. This is your challenge. I want you to seek God for your one thought for this new year. Like, what is that one thought that you can bring forth when thoughts of negativity can creep in? What's that one thought you can rely on that God has given you that when the worried thoughts creep in? What's your one thought? Here's my one thought. I have a one thought. This is my one thought. It's this. I put it on Facebook the other day. I said, when I'm in the wilderness, know that it's holy ground. Now, for some of you, that means absolutely nothing. And I get that because that's my thought. It means to where my spiritual walk is at today. But it helps me know that if I'm out in the wilderness and I feel like I can't feel God or I don't see God, the wilderness produces good things. But that's my thought. What is your one thought that you can have for this new year of 2019? Your one thought. Ask God to give you your one thought. One thought that you can keep in your mind that when those destructive thoughts, those thoughts that are not of God, you can call the thought that God gave you and you can destroy the thought from the enemy. Because I will tell you, we're going to leave this place and those thoughts will immediately start coming to your mind. Because that is how this world goes. But I believe Christians, we're not supposed to be on the defense we're actually supposed to be on the offense. So that means we need to develop a strategy and a game plan. And the cool thing is we don't have to develop it. It's already done. We just read the scripture. It tells us what to do. We capture those destructive thoughts and we think of those things that are worthy of praise and excellence and commendable and all those great attributes. If you do those things, there's your plan to be on the offense. So what are you going to do today? This is why this is so important, because again, I know this seems super small, but again, small things make the big difference. This is why we're talking about this, because the way we think, Bible calls it meditation, the way we think, we want it to be pleasing to God. In fact, Psalms 104:34 simply says that. It says, may my meditation be pleasing to him, 
Him meaning Jesus. May the way I think make Jesus smile. May the way that I think gives joy to God. For I rejoice in the Lord. So what are your thoughts this morning? Are they pleasing to God? If they're not, are you capturing them, submitting them to Christ? Are you focusing away from the negativity and the, and the worldly and the, and the worried thoughts? And are, are you focusing on the good things of God? It's a question you have to ask for yourself. So I just want to take a few moments and I just want to pray with you guys this morning. If you can bow your heads. Lord, we can go through this life and we have to choose so many different things. And the one thing that we have to choose is the way that we're going to think. God, even for myself, it's so easy just to wake up in the morning and just automatically be negative. Maybe snap at my kids for being too loud. To go to my job and just complain on how people rub me the wrong way or Maybe my boss isn't doing something right or whatever it might be. And it's so easy when things go rough just to be consumed with worry. But Lord, we read scripture and it says we don't, we can't think that way. Because what happens is the way we think eventually is who we will become. So Father, I want to be a person not of worry. I don't want to be a person of negativity. Father, I want to be a, a person of positivity. Lord, I want to be a person that when people are around me, they sense the joy of the Lord in my spirit, God. That, Lord, as I walk into Walmart, there's a different presence about me. That, Lord, as I go through the things that people take for granted or they're just mundane habits that we go, that actually, Lord, it would be a time of intentionality and it would be something for you. Father, may my thoughts be pleasing to you. Everything that I think, God, man, how scary would it be just if, if, if our thoughts were just displayed on a big screen for everyone to see? Lord, I, I pray my thoughts be thoughts of heaven. They'd be eternal thoughts. They'd be peaceful thoughts. They'd be positive thoughts. There'd be thoughts that would actually build the people up that would see them and not destroy them. God, that they would be thoughts that would be useful for your kingdom use. So I just got a couple calls this morning. This morning, maybe you're here and this is your first time or second time, or, or maybe you've been here for a while and saying, you know what? I've been consumed with these just negative thoughts. I, 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 get, I get three words, critical negative and bitterness I have those thoughts in my mind all the time I've been there I actually just came out of a season from there if that is you I just want to pray for you no one's looking around could you just be honest just with, with just this morning would you just slip your hand up and say you know what I've been having a lot of those thoughts I've been negative a lot I've been bitter yep anyone else yep yep yeah Thank you for being honest. Lord, I ask 
as we leave this place, Lord, that we would, that we would take this scripture, Lord, of, of, of 2 Corinthians 10, that, Lord, that we would take those thoughts and we take them captive and make them obey Christ. But, Lord, then we do what Philippians 4 says, that, you know what, we're going to focus on the things that are true and honorable and just and the, the things that you've made pure and, and the things that you've made lovely in front of my sight, the things that are commendable and excellent, the things that I can rejoice about instead of complain about. And maybe there's someone here saying, you know what, I, I need to start from, from step one. Like, I'm not here, and I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've been, maybe I've been going through the motions. I haven't been serious about it. Or maybe you're just brand new to this, saying, you know what? I, I need Jesus in my life. This is a small step, but it's a very big difference in your life. That is you saying, you know what? I, I, I want to accept Jesus this morning. Is there anyone here? Anyone here? That is you to slip your hands up. Amen. So maybe you're here and you didn't raise your hand and that's okay. Or maybe we're all believers and I praise God for that. But if you leave this place saying, you know what, that was me. All you have to do is simply say, Lord, would you come to my life? Would you make me clean? God, I want to be a new creation. Today I run after you. And God, I'm going to focus on the good things of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this message. And God, again, just how this message goes, it seems like these aren't very big profound things but Lord I know as Christians if we can submit these small things to you it's going to result in a very big difference in our life God may my thoughts be pleasing to you may our thoughts be pleasing to you God we thank you for that everyone said amen and amen